The Tefl Commute, Season 6, Episode 4, in which we discuss the enduring appeal of robots in teaching. Let's get going. young people are studying in a new way. Class in spelling, it might as well be arithmetic or algebra or grammar or in fact anything involving the use of words or symbols. Each student is using a teaching machine, a device which creates vastly improved conditions for effective study. What are teaching machines? How are they used? What can they teach? Who prepares the material they teach? And how does this material differ from textbooks, lectures, and educational television? So, Sean, did you know who that was speaking just then? I do, yes. <laughs> yeah, Why don't you tell our listeners <laughs> well, uh, who was do, speaking I'm, just I'm then? I'm assuming it's Skinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a video about uh, it's a video with Skinner speaking, the famous B.F. Skinner, uh, the Skinner of pigeons. And I was going to say Skinnerism. <laughs> I was going to say Skinnerism, but it's audiolingualism that he's associated with. It's aren't behaviorism. Oh, it's That's behaviorism. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's the behaviorism Skinner thing. Yeah. And I'd never actually heard a clip of him speaking before, so it's. Uh, very interesting. This is a good introduction to our topic today, isn't it, Sean? It is. Yeah, Teach, um, teaching machines, or I guess teaching machines <laughs> or r robots. I think is is the title, isn't it? Yeah, the title? yeah. But obviously, Skinner's talking about teaching machine, which essentially is a, is a robot successfully yeah. successfully used with pigeons, but um, still 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 waiting to find out if they work with humans. Um, exactly, exactly. By the way, everybody, if you're just joining us now for the first time, this is the Tefl Commute. Um, it's a uh, podcast. Uh, that's for language teachers, but it's not about language teaching. However, the topic comes up, um, and I'm your host, Lindsay Clanfield, joined by... Hi, I'm Sean. Nice to have you back, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nice episode, the last one. Oh, I really enjoyed thanks, that. Yeah. Teacher versus therapist. It was, it was good so. to be able to talk about teaching for a while since you weren't here. <laughs> I know. Well, I had to come back and bring us right back, back onto to kind of other things. Alluding, yeah. alluding about it and not actually uh, talking about it. So, uh, robots. Um, so, uh, yeah. te te teachers. Te teaching machines. Teaching machine. So, teachers won't be replaced by robots. Well, like, I mean, this is. This well, let's. <laughs> Let's 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 put a pin in that and come back to that in a bit. But let's go back. I mean, the whole idea of this, the clip that we heard at the beginning was the 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 teaching machine, um, which I suppose was sort of the beginning of the the the, the idea of robots in in education, like the actual first physical manifestation. Um, I have a little bit of a story about this. The first teaching machine, the first one. What decade would you guess it was in? Sean, the first oh, you're, teaching so what machine. You're, what you're suggesting by that is that it wasn't Skinner's idea. No, uh, in so fact, it must have come uh, before it's then. credited to somebody yeah. else. It was come before oh, okay. then. Before then, why don't you identify a decade when you think the first kind of machine <sighs> came into the classroom or was part was introduced into education for kind of teaching? Well, I'd say, well, so if Skinner Skinner was talking in the sixties, what he so. I'd probably have to go. I mean, because you've got World War Two, where that's really where computers kind of kicked in, isn't it? You know, sort of Turing was yeah, doing all this yeah, work. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Somewhere between the, let's say the fifties. 
Ah, well, it's even much earlier than that. It's in the mid-1920s. Um, and the name that uh, I'm looking at right now is Sidney L. Pressy. So Sidney L. Pressy was... Uh, it was the original inventor of a teaching machine. Now, the teaching machine, what it did was administer multiple choice questions. So you can see, maybe we'll put a picture on, on the site in the show notes. Um, so the machine was, uh, the, the teacher would make multiple a series of multiple choice questions. The machine would administer them, and it would move only when the student got the right answer. So the tests apparently showed that learning had taken so, so, place. So, so, so essentially, yeah. is that the first ever call lesson, like computer-assisted language learning? <laughs> I suppose, Because that's essentially what call yeah. was in the, in the, in the was... 70s and 80s, wasn't it? This was yeah. in America, by the way, at the Ohio State University. Um, and it kind of was so this I guess it would be a call lesson, but it was more like testing. Right. It was it was a self-scoring machine, but it would only advance if you got it correct. So therefore it was called teaching. The idea then was taken um uh forward by B.F. Skinner, um, who was responsible for a different type of machine. This one was called Glider, G-L-I-D-E-R. I'm not sure what it stands for. Um, and um, that was the, the clip that we heard at the top of the show there. So again... So how did that... How was that different? Uh, well, I think it provided... It was it was more sophisticated. Um, you would enter stuff and it would give positive reinforcement. I'm not quite sure how it did. Here's what I've got. It says, provided automatic, immediate, and regular reinforcement without the use of aversive control. The material presented was coherent yet varied and novel. The pace of learning could be adjusted to suit the individual. So, adverse, so uh, adversive uh, control, uh, i.e., you got an electric shock if you got it wrong. <laughs> I guess there was no less. Yeah, I guess I guess it was. What, what, I'm looking at the picture of it's like this kind of yellow box where you would put the paper in, and and it would kind of like come out and and so on. Uh, so these are teaching machines. So, it's, but they're not. But they're not. Um, they, I mean. Are they, are they are they computers or are they robots? They're kind of they they don't have they don't have an artificial intelligence, do they? So they're more kind of like computers, I suppose. But I suppose they're the they're the big. I suppose we're going to get Asimov's law out and start start discussing what a robot is. Well, yeah, I mean, I think they're what they are is they're the beginning of an idea that has never been far from popular imagination and and the press of robots or computers replacing teachers robots as teachers do you want to um let's let's fast forward a little bit because you've got a few ideas you've got a few examples well yeah i mean it's, it's funny you say it's not far from the press it's really interesting because when you do, I mean, obviously we do uh, it might not show but we do research for the podcast and i it, it, and obviously i you know of stories of, of robots but then you see the press and it is essentially in the press all the time the idea of a robot taking over uh, not necessarily a language class but uh an education class, uh, uh, and I mean, well, you say fast forward. So I think many people might remember the uh, so in Korea. I think it was in 2010 we got the first. You got there was a big um, a big deal about robots teaching language there, and in fact, Time Magazine put that robot in its top 50 inventions. Wow. Um, what what, year, was so what this year was this? It, uh, it was about 2010. In about 2009, 2010, you've, uh, the Asian uh, countries were kind of pursuing robots. So you've got um, – you had Saya, S-A-Y-A, in, in, uh, in Japan. Which was the one which was, uh, the one which was like a, a big white blob with a kind of head on with the, a, with a, with a, with a top, camera yeah, on the top. Which is forever reminds me of a Doctor Who episode, actually. That is, that's Korea. That's Korea. Uh, the, the Japanese robot, they were aiming to uh, – they were aiming to um, try and – 
uh, replicate a more human look, whereas the the Korean uh, robot um, looked looked like a robot with a blob on their head, which reminds me of an episode called The Library from uh, from Doctor Who. Um, but that, that's okay. my geekiness <laughs> coming through. Uh, uh, and did you know? Just taking it fast forward with the with, right to now, I think it was last week or the week before. Um, Saudi Arabia actually gave not quite an education, but they gave a robot citizenship. So this human idea of robots going through. So I think I think I think we kind of there is this kind of drop between Skinner and uh, and obviously Cole developed. But then in the early two thousands, we've got the we've got the Asian countries pursuing robots in TG. Kind of worked, didn't work, disappeared again, and now it seems you know this year they seem to be back on the agenda, don't they? Well, they definitely do. I mean, there were uh, some current examples, uh, something called Amy in New Zealand. What would you did you did you read about that one? Oh uh, yeah, I was. Uh, this one, Amy, is actually going to be a language uh, robot. I think it's just a new project that the New Zealanders are, are, are trying out, and you 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 see it in a number of countries where these kind of ideas of of. Um, of uh, of robots coming through to through to teach lessons. What was the one you were talking about? Um, yes, there's one that I found, and this is like really, really recent. Um, just to show, you know, so we had. I'd be really curious, actually, before we get to this last one. I'd be really curious to find out what has happened to Saya and those Korean robots. Like, you know, are they are they like languishing at the back of a classroom, covered in in dirt or dust? Are they still being used? Have they been repurposed for anything? Hmm, oh, I'm gonna have to do some. I didn't do the follow-up reading. I've no, just, just read about the original it. stuff. We should. We should. Um, we when when we get the angels on, we'll do a quick, uh, quick uh, Google and see if we know what happened. What happened okay. to the Korean robots? Um, but anyway, the latest one that I had read about, the the sort of the newest one, is something called L two T O R. It's a European project. L two T O R should be pronounced L tutor. Okay, so L tutor dot eu, and this is like a language language teaching robot um and uh I, I just to show you how it's capturing still the imagination i have here in front of me the l tutor press and media section of their website with all the recent articles that have been about it so just listen to some of these um these headlines that uh you know just to show that this whole like it kind of you can trace a line back to um Skinner's opening, you know, stuff about children learning in new ways. Here we go. How robots could help children pick up new languages from the Huffington Post. Uh, this is uh, August 2016. Social robots interact naturally with young children. Uh, August 2016. Um, robots might be able to help Germany integrate refugees. NBC News 2016. Robot, how robots are dispelling myths and caring for humans. The Guardian. Uh, June 2016. Um, something called interbrand synthetics swipes and strokes text impact on tomorrow's language um rope uh the times uh end of 2016 robots take over taking teaching languages the atlantic january 2016 when class is run by a robot um linguistica uh 2016 january can robot teachers become the next generation of language tutors um so as you can see Again, refugee robots that teach refugee children the lingo in the Sunday Times. Love in a Time of Robots from Salt Magazine, end of 2016. So, I mean, we have here, it's obviously still very much in the press. Uh, it is, yeah. This is interesting. I would, there's a lot of things coming through there. And I think um, what I what strikes me is, is uh, almost what this idea of teach is. Because I think there's this idea that they can... Um, it, 
the robots don't necessarily have the, being a teacher is being kind of a bit emp- um, uh, you know you're having empathy and understanding the emotion of the students and i wonder if, if yeah, robots yeah. you know are more perhaps we say are teachers but maybe it's better to define those kind of things as classroom assistants i don't know i I, I think it is better to do that, but you can see how they're desperately trying to take the oh, next yeah, totally. step when yeah, you yeah, hear yeah. when you see them saying, you know, like they can identify with children, they can interact naturally with people, they can help them pick up new languages. I'm not sure. I still view it as like an extension of the teacher in a different way, in a helping way. But then again, I've never interacted with one of these robots. So I don't know first. I wonder, I mean, I, um, yeah, I do wonder what when they say interact, what that quite what that means, because um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I maybe this is a point where we should mention another bit of jargon, the Turing test. Yeah. I don't think any of these t- these robots pass the Turing test, not even close. I mean, they're not trying to, but there's not they're they're pretty far off. You know, the idea that someone might be fooled. The Turing test is. Let's just explain it. The Turing test is the test developed by Alan Turing, one of the earlier computer um, computer scientists, World War II. Uh, and the Turing test was, could a piece of software or, or a robot um, fool humans into thinking it was human? Yeah, That's it right, is. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, the it, Turing it, test. Uh, hence yeah, the imitation yeah. game. So, um, the, the, the name of the, the movie. Exactly. The imitation game. Or there was another movie about it recently about like female robots. Um, oh, really? I can't remember what it was called. It was a really cool movie. I'll look it up um, during the break. According to um, the according to internet, uh, robots are still being used in yeah. Korean classrooms. That's uh, maybe maybe oh, one right. of our, we do have people that listen in Korea, so maybe uh, somebody somebody okay. can tell us. Maybe someone someone uh, yeah, will share with I, us on our I, Facebook page because I think we might talk about it um, later in the in the in the podcast. I, I part of me thinks I think because I've never been taught by a robot or seen an, a robot interact apart from in language in in kind of technology fairs. So I've never seen one in the classroom in that sense but it, it seems to yeah, me that there yeah. is very little uh little difference between I'm, I'm struggling to see the difference in this case what a robot would be and say what the, the what they're actually the uh skinner's uh teaching machine would be in the sense that, that unless it can think for itself and react then it is only going to be a kind of stimulus response kind of thing isn't it which is one of the things that which is one of the I things that's so. dogging so. uh, the development of ai as a as a, as a language tool in the sense that it can't exactly can't think that way um but um, no. i was um i mean you do so we are going on we you know obviously the the, the predictions according to the press uh now then are that could that uh, robots will replace teachers i'm not talking about language teachers but talking teachers in 10 years in 10 years i mean yeah. there's a lot of articles in newspapers i think they're trying to be mm. scare stories but you've got this Let's, idea of inspirational I think robots so. i think so i agree I, yeah Definitely. Speaking of inspirational robots, I think this is a good time to bring on our little inspirational bot and and, and let's hear the angels. Imagine that you are hardworking, never doubt that you're amusing, believe you are unique. Lindsay, coming back to our Korean robots, I think one thing we probably should should have clarified is they're not really robots. <laughs> no, that's true, actually. Yeah, the Korean robot was the body of a robot, but it was like a delivery mechanism yeah. because the head was uh, like a camera showing 
some some wasn't it like a native speaker a native english speaker on the other end of that camera just talking to the talking to the children which is actually no which is no different to things that are going on already because you say in uruguay you've got that going on in the in the plan Sebel system and stuff like that exactly. which is not using exactly. robots but it, i mean it, there's no there's no uh there's no real difference in terms of the the, the te- i think the teachers were based in singapore and being beamed in, okay. into the classroom uh so it was a, it was a labor saving thing more than anything else yeah, but, and to meet the demand, I think it was because uh, there was a high demand uh, yeah, for English exactly, there. Yeah, but uh, anyway, another another thing that has been solved while we were listening to the Angels, thanks to our producer James, um, the movie I was talking about about robots and the Turing test was Ex Machina, uh, which I do highly I recommend. I, excellent, excellent, kind of cool new it's, movie. It's got but, um, the guy that's, that's in Star Wars in there. I know that. Anyway, um, so oh, Star Wars, this so. thing. Speaking yeah, of robots, I, I mean, I, you and I are geeks. We've admitted this before. So I thought, I thought I'd um, I, I see if you know where these films or the, the, where these robots come from in terms of te- in terms okay. of television or. So this is a quiz you're yeah, going to okay. give me. You're so going to give me a quiz a robot, here. and then you tell me which film or TV program it might be in. All right. So let's get let's get right, started okay. with an obvious one. Uh, how? Okay, that's easy. Two thousand and one, a space. Yeah, I, 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 and I, I, is it is it back in two thousand and ten? No, it's it just always amused me that I never read. I know when, when I was a kid and I first saw it. I, I think it's like the fact that Hal gets his name by moving IBM back one, uh, which I always never. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's very cool. Oh, that's a that's a deep cut. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's go, go a little bit. Let's go a little bit more difficult than Gort. One of my favorite. No Gort, idea. Yeah. No, I don't even have they to pause really, here. No idea. I mean, there was a terrible remake with um, Canal Reeves in it, but um, it's The Day the Earth Stood Still from the 1950s. There's that oh, really big robot that comes okay. to try and tell the Earth that they're, they're destroying each other. Probably very relevant these days. Um, perhaps my favorite robot, uh, and, and one of my favorite all-time films, uh, Robbie. As in Robbie the Robot. Robbie the Robot is lost in space. Uh, he does make an appearance there, but it's in the, in the film for me, it's the Forbidden Planet, and he also he also oh, makes of a, course. he makes a guest appearance in Gremlins. Um, oh, very good. Okay, Robbie the Robot. Marvin, All right, keep Marvin, going. And if I add the paranoid android, it kind of gives it away. Hitchhiker's Guide yeah, to the which Galaxy. We'll probably come back to in terms of something else. Uh, uh, yeah. Bender. Now that one there's I don't t- know. That's not the robot. From, that's, that's from. No, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Futurama. Oh. Okay. Now what one? Oh, yeah, okay. So none of those really. You're not known for their language price. So getting more languagely, uh, Data. Okay, that's Star Trek: yeah, The Next Generation. Yeah, I did generation. know that Data was fluent in French. Oh. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm kicking the geek here. And uh, final one then. Uh, C3PO. Any ideas on that one? Of course, yes. Star Wars. Uh, so, All Star of the Star Wars. Wars. So Data spoke French. Uh, C3PO is obviously a translator uh, with it. And if we go to uh, if we go to uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you probably more known for translation is is the Babelfish. So I think we've probably talked. About yeah, it. but it's not a robot no, no, in the no, way. No, no, I mean, no, this no, is. I think this this is this is what kind of links the robot idea to language teaching. I think we've discussed this yeah, once on an episode a few did, seasons yeah. ago. Is the idea that. Um, science fiction has interpreted language learning in the future in two different ways. One is the C-3PO route, which is you have a robot who translates for you. So you go around with an interpreter, like, you know, like, 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 like travelers would have done, uh, you know, the explorers would have done in in the past. And so C-3PO serves that role in science fiction uh, or any robots like him who you'd have a robot and they would translate for you. 
Um, but the other one is the Babelfish, which were in um, in Star Trek, the universal mm. translator, which is the kind of thing that's embedded into your head that allows you to now instantly understand all languages and speak all languages. And I think in terms of real life, um, it's that vision of science fiction that is winning in terms of like what people are hoping for in translation. Well, essentially, I mean, I mean uh, over the last kind of month, we seem to have got there, don't we? There's suddenly this big, this big, yeah. I mean, the internet was full of, oh no, Google have invented the, well, not, oh, no necessarily, but Google have invented the Babelfish. And I think once once one company gets there, they're all there. Uh, did you see that? They're, they're not, I don't think they're quite out yet, but the new headphones that, that Google have, have no, developed. No, I so, haven't. So they developed, they, they had their big um, product launch thing a, a few weeks ago, you know, where they brought out their new phones and everything. And one of the things they're bringing out is the Google Google's uh, in in ear headphones. I think it's obviously all these these tech companies are, are concentrating on headphones these days as well as well as the yeah, well as the phone. Yeah, yeah, but that's the, true. I, I mean, allegedly, they, once you're wearing these headphones and if you're if you've got uh, um, your phone with Google Translate on it, it will sim simultaneously translate language into your ear, which is the Babelfish, isn't it? That, that's what it did in the Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. That is, isn't it? What happens? To, so does the other person have to be wearing a pair as well, so that? Uh, like, to be honest, I don't know. I presume that I don't. I don't think so. Uh, well, if they want to translate back to you, they need to, I guess. Yeah, because if you uh, if you can understand, but then you want to say something, it would have to go the other way. Go go the other way. Yeah. Although I guess it would come. It could come out your phone because um, you could oh, I mean, Google Translate on the phones. Yeah, is, that is, would be weird. But I guess they're hoping that everybody would have these headphones on and they would talk and because then I would talk to you and if you had the headphones on, you would understand me and you would you would hear the translation. So once they, once they start, once they um, get these things um, sophisticated enough, that's it, is it? That's, we might that as, could we might, be the end of it. Give up and, and give up and look for another profession. <laughs> I know. Sounds like it's time for another break. Now I'm feeling <laughs> exhausted and useless. Producer James here with a quick message to say thank you for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to show your support for the show, then you can help us in just a minute and it won't cost you a thing. Think of a friend or colleague you know, someone who you think would enjoy listening to the program and send them an email or a message to let them know about us. With your help, we can reach even more teachers. Okay, on with the show. And welcome to another round of Tefl Fights, in which our two competitors duke it out to decide who's right and who's wrong. So what are the Queensbury rules? Well, each fighter will have one minute to argue their case and do some serious damage to their competitor. In round two, they'll have the chance to follow up and land the knockout blow, persuading the judge, that's me, that they've managed to win. So in this episode, the guys have been talking about teaching machines. So in this bout, our brave pugilists will be sparring over this topic. Robots will replace teachers by 2050. So going first and arguing for the topic, it's Sean. Seconds out, let's go. 
we all know the meme that goes technology won't replace teachers blah 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 with the type of classroom robots as we've talked about in this episode this is probably true because they're little more than video machines or conduits for core like learning however recently three things have convinced me that robots will replace us one we've already seen a societal shift in language learning millions of people are now learning through apps and bots such as duolingo bots are becoming commonplace two AI is developing fast, meaning machines can learn from behavior. Just take a look at what happened with Microsoft's AI, AI earlier this year. And three, adaptive learning is trendy. And when something is trendy, people put millions of pounds in it to try and find a way to use it. If all these three things come into robots, they'll be able to sense facial expressions, react to what we do and say, and maybe even read our minds. At this point, they will have the same, if not better skills than a human teacher. And with an ever increasing supply, supply issue, it's obvious that uh, robots will be the best things to fill that gap. So much so that, in fact, predict people are predicting that this won't have happened by 2015. It will have happened by 2027. However, don't worry. When robots do replace us, some will argue that this is a good thing, as teachers can no longer be blamed for any failures in education. Okay, thank you, Sean. Okay, arguing against the topic, it's Lindsay. Are you ready, Lindsay? I'm ready. Okay, and over to you. Okay, so I didn't really script this because I'm going to be speaking from the heart. And my proposition is that not only uh, that robots should not replace teachers. It's okay, though, they will not, but they should not, first of all, and, and they will not, secondly. So I'm against this. The Turing test, whether or not um, people can recognize uh, like a, a machine for a human being, has not been passed. Westworld, Blade Runner, and other sci-fi movies notwithstanding, we're not close. We're not going to be close in 2050. We're not going to be close in 2150. Okay, so teaching is a helping profession, such as medicine, social work, religious counseling, etc. And that means it's anchored in relationships. It's not just about passing knowledge on and uh, information. Um, there are student-teacher relationships that convert information into knowledge and knowledge into wisdom. So this is more than just delivering information, which is what a robot can do. Um, the other thing is that the teachers have to make lots and lots of decisions when they are assessing students, conducting lessons, planning. These are not, these are like made very, very quickly. They are not uh, just about delivering information, they're about constantly reacting. And lots of these decisions are not just about information, right, wrong, etc. They are moral ones that involve the Okay. Thank you. That's your time. Okay. So that was the end of round one. So let's go over now to round two, where the uh, fighters get a chance to uh, come back at what their opponent said. So beginning round two, it's Sean. Over to you, Sean. Um, there's little to come back on, um, actually. I think Lindsay should have scripted and he should have listened to what I said. Uh, he was placing his, he was placing an argument in in robots as they are now, but he knows as well as I do that, that, that the technological advancements in robots means that a number of things that he said will be true uh, in the near future. I mean, 2050 is uh, some time away and we're seeing great leaps in technology. And while while he cites the Turing test as a moment in time now, in the future, uh, I, I can see that quite e the, uh, uh, an artificial device quite easily uh, making and, and beating that, um, that test. Uh, and when he says, yes, it's a caring industry and so on, yes, I don't disagree with this, but once robots have those skills, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but once robots can do that, they will be able to replace it. And that's time. Thank you. Okay, Lindsay, it's over to you. 
Okay, right. So I agree that automation is coming and automation is around the corner and for many professions. But that does not mean it's going to be for all professions. Okay, so I mean, one, the other thing that um, uh, Sean says is, well, maybe they haven't done it now, but they will be doing it in the future. I mean, I've read somewhere that the definition of insanity is repeating the same scenario over and over again, expecting a different result. That's exactly what we've been doing with technology and things like robots. We've been repeating the same thing, like just around the corner, it's just going to happen and so on and so forth. Technology offers a lot to us, but it doesn't offer uh, as much as as human people do, and 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 that's not going to change. I don't think we're going to reach a point where we will have a lot automation of a lot of things, but social aspects, uh, medicine, teaching, education, and stuff like that will. And that's is time. This, is this re is this rebuff just a repetition? <sighs> so, that's that's it. That's the end of the fight. So you've heard some great arguments from both of our combatants, and well, one and it's time arm. now for me to make my final decision as to who has the eye of the tiger and who's been left spread eagled on the canvas. Uh, so it's a very difficult decision. I'm torn. I'm torn between good arguments on both sides. I think in a an historic first in Tefl fights, I'm going to declare this a draw on points. No! 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 clearly, clearly way ahead of Lindsay this time That's that's the referee's final decision. If you have any issues, the decision is final. Oh no! You have to you have to appeal to the international total fights board. Oh my gosh! Oh, that means that Sean's still leading me on the leaderboard. I'm still leading. Oh gosh! Okay. Thank you guys, and thanks for everyone for listening see you next time on Tefl Fights okay Sean it looks like we're coming to the end of yet another episode ah yeah well yeah after the, the disgust that I now have for the for the referee not making a decision I'm off I think that's it <laughs> uh, I think we'll get over it um, Sean do you want to tell our listeners where they can find us online Oh, well, they can uh, find us, well, the website, uh, tefalcommute.com, uh, where we have show notes for each episode, as well as uh, a list of all our previous episodes. Uh, they can find us on the Facebook. We have a Facebook group. Uh, again, surprisingly, tefalcommute.com. And we're also on Twitter. So a uh, number of ways that you can actually interact with us uh, uh, and about the episodes. And, of course, you can find the episodes on any of the usual uh, podcasting places. So, Lindsay, uh, I'm off. I think I'm off, too. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> See you, Lindsay. Bye, everyone. As your commute is coming to an end, here's an activity you can take into class. This activity is suitable for lower-level learners and especially good for younger learners. Put students in pairs. One person is the robot and the other is the programmer. The programmer has to give a series of simple commands, which the robot must carry out. To keep this from getting out of control, explain that the robot can only move its upper body while sitting down, so it can't move around the room. Pre-teach some language for simple commands, such as pick up, move, touch, put down, open, close. Students practice giving commands to their robots they then swap roles and repeat the activity.
You can find the instructions for this and our other end of pod activities at our website, www.tefelcommute.com. You've been listening to The Tefl Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at www.tefelcommute.com. He's down!